is Kevin Pruitt on another episode of Rising Tide Startups podcast. And my special guest today is Sydney Lester. Sydney, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So give us the uh, quick background. Who is Sydney Lester? Sure. Um, well, right now I am the founder and CEO of Chic Stripes, which is a personal wardrobe styling company. Um, I currently live in Richmond, Virginia with my husband and our three cats. Um, One I of have which a back- is very close. Yeah, there's a Siamese wandering around down here somewhere. So if they come up, that may happen. Um, <laughs> they like to sit on my lap while I'm trying to work and then I can't work. That's but, all right. Um, I actually have a master's. So my background is I have a master's in social work and a master's in Christian education um, and had a great like five-year plan of what I wanted to do. And I'm not doing that now at all, but it's still like a really awesome path that I found myself on. Um, and so I think that it's, it's been a fun adventure so far. Um, so definitely not what I thought I would be. Well, we'll touch on that a little more later in the interview. Yeah. But uh, so give us the give us an elevator pitch on what is Chic Stripes. Yes. So Chic Stripes is a full service personal styling company that helps women create sustainable and timeless wardrobes that work for them, not against them. Chic Stripes also does workshops, um, style workshops, social media workshops, corporate workshops. We do a lot of work around dress codes and helping people kind of navigate what that looks like. Um, And then an arm of the business is a Beyond, which is a group coaching program and one-on-one coaching for other aspiring personal stylists. So really basically kind of giving them some of those business things that I learned um, in creating my business, which is now full-time, and really helping them make that leap um, into doing that. Okay. And this is mainly through, I mean, it's online, mainly through blog. Is that is that kind of the, your it's, your main spine through the business? Um, yes. Um, yes and no. So I don't, I started out as a blog um, mm-hmm. back in 2009. And I don't actually blog very much now because I'm doing the work. But I have right. a website and social media presence. Um, and so I would say a lot of kind of just the spine of everything is just the intermingling of like the website and the services and then the social media and how that kind of just all intertwines for marketing. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's yep. step back a little bit. You said you, you had, you know, your background was not this, it was, you know, master's in Christian education, other education. What was, what was kind of the turning point? What, how did the, how did you shift to this particular business? Um, well, the, Short version is that my company eliminated my position. Um, And at that point, I was like, all right, let me try working for myself. Um, But before that, it was definitely a longer path of kind of a buildup of Mm -hmm. having, you know, going to grad school, graduating, getting a job in the mental health substance abuse field after grad school. And then I had the blog as like a creative side hobby that I was just doing and having fun with. And so really from the period of like 2009 when I started the blog in 2016, like I was working a full-time day job um, in mental health. I was doing nonprofits, board development, um, grant writing, that kind of thing. And then very much doing the blog and taking outfit photos. And um, that sort of kind of morphed into more of the styling and learning styling as a business. And I was able to go and get a certification um, for that because it was important to me that I wasn't just a blogger right. that liked to shop or, you know, like was sure. in the fashion, um, but that I had some sort of credentials behind that. And so I kind of was doing them both dually at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started freelancing on my own. So I had a full-time day job, doing my part-time styling business, and I was freelancing with clients, helping them write grant applications um, for nonprofits. And so when my company 
eliminated my position in 2016, I knew I didn't want to go back to a desk job. I really just wasn't passionate necessarily about doing things for other people per se. Like I just sure. wasn't connected to that work. And so I said, well, this is, if I'm going to give it a go, let me just try and give it a go. Um, and so that was really kind of what pushed me into it. Um, and I was very much splitting my time, probably more so leaning heavily on the grant writing side of things because mm -hmm. it was pretty consistent. Um, I had some retainer clients and I kind of knew what money was coming in, whereas with styling, it was pretty inconsistent, um, kind of some a la carte stuff. Right. Um, right. And I was able to kind of flip that eventually, which I think we probably will get into. Um, but yeah, I'll probably talk about it if we talk about the low point of my business. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you had a but, nice long yeah. runway from, say, it, 2009 to, say, 2016. It was definitely, yes, that was very nice in terms of just social media buildup. Right. Um, and to some extent, people kind of knowing who I was in terms of at least like the entrepreneur and like the creative communities. But I still find today when it comes to the everyday person, they'll still ask me, like, oh, I didn't realize this was a job. Like, I didn't even know there were people like you. So there's definitely still, I think, a lot of even education sure. for just that normal everyday person. Um, but it, I, it did help me a lot by being able to kind of do the slow build of mm -hmm. testing things out. And I had a mentor for kind of my first year, and she really helped me flip it from being a blog to more of a professional website um, right. and gave me a lot of kind of those building blocks that I needed. So... I wasn't by any means like prepared for my job to be eliminated. Um, you know, if people advise like, oh, quit your job, like have a three month runway and like have money, like I was just kind of thrown into it. But yeah, went in on a Friday and they called you in the office. And um, said, yeah, I think it was like a Tuesday or something. But and I was, I was ready. I was ready to go. Um, you know, we had just kind of like our paths were diverging. Sure. Um, and, and I got severance that way. Yeah. <laughs> because they exactly. let me go versus me quitting, right? So that was nice. Yeah. Again, that's but, another another runway, another another kind of soft <laughs> landing that you can, you know, severance is, is uh can kind of carry you through that transition period. But yeah, I mean you you brought yeah. it up. So uh let's let's talk about the, the low point of your <laughs> Yeah of your of so, your business. It was definitely so um April two thousand sixteen was when I started working for myself. Mm -hmm freelancing in my business and then it was definitely November December 2016 when I just was not making any money um I was pulling from our savings to pay myself and my husband had to have like a heart to heart and be like <laughs> you're gonna have to get a job like this, this is not, not gonna work out plan. Like, <laughs> right he's like this is not this isn't gonna work um so I was like okay I'll just like look for a grant writing job like that'll be easy I know how to do that it'll be consistent income um so pretty much between like November and I mean, like March of 2017, like I was putting in applications, um, like we were paying the bills, but I was, you know, but I was like, I still need something else. So I had gotten, I ended up getting a part-time grant writing job. Um, and I went in and I hated it and I came home and I said, I know I just got this job, but I really don't like it. Can I quit? Um, <laughs> was this day one? It was pretty much day one. I was like, I don't like this. And I think I yeah. did a week or two weeks and then I put in a two week notice. Yeah. And so I was gone within like three weeks. So it just like, it didn't feel right. It was very like at a desk. And mm -hmm. I guess I had gotten a little bit used to like not being at a desk sure. and, you know, doing things on my own time. Um, and it just didn't really necessarily feel rewarding. I don't think I was connected to the organization and to right. the mission. And so I knew at that point I wasn't going to be doing my best work anyway, um, if that wasn't the case. But it was also a turning point for me to say like, okay, I know I don't want to do this. 
So what do I have to do to make this other thing work? Yeah, I was I was thinking that as you were explaining that, thinking that was just an added confirmation that this is exactly the path you were supposed to be on. Because I mean, yeah. sometimes we need that extra, you know, measure of yeah, that this is it. Stay the course. It may be tough in the short run, but stay the course. So, yeah. well, I hate to end on a on a low note. I mean, you you obviously have come out of that. So so what's yes. what's been the what's the antithesis of that? That's the what's the high point of of your business since you launched? Yeah. So I would say the high point has definitely been me going full time in my business mm-hmm. in September of last year. So. I, um, in May of 2017, I was working with a mentor and a business coach and she really helped me figure out kind of my packages and like pricing and really helped get that to a, almost just a sustainable model. So instead of doing all a cart, which was very one off and just all over the place, um, I moved to more of a package program to where it's, you know, a higher dollar amount and it was just a better purchase all around. Like it was a better experience for the client because they were getting the full service versus just coming in and then not ever doing the next step or, you know, whatever the case was. And so that was definitely the turning point for me was just a big package kind of that I could Mm -hmm. sell um, that would be a good amount of money. Um, And then at the end of August, I was able to tell my last freelance grant writing client that I was leaving um, and able to go full-time in my business with the mix of my one-on-one styling clients, doing workshops, um, and then I introduced my coaching program for other clients, um, other stylists in the fall. So I still have a good mix of income streams and things that I've built, Mm -hmm. but it's all at least under my business, my umbrella um, now. So that was definitely the highlight of actually saying, oh, I can do this. Like (laughs) That light came on. It it can work. Like people can like turn what you think is a hobby that can never be a full-time business into a business. Like Mm -hmm. it does happen. Um, well, I sent you a, before the interview, I sent you a kind of a general guideline of questions uh, that we wanted to follow. And mm-hmm. I, I said in there, there was a caveat that said, you know, we can chase rabbits if there's, if there's something that you, you say that really is, is kind of, um, the, the light comes on in the interviewer's mind that I think that we, we really want this podcast to be very helpful for, mm-hmm. for our listeners. And it's, yeah. I mean, the nice thing about podcasts is evergreen. So it's like a library right. it can be right. oh on there gosh, for yes. a long time and people can go yeah. back and listen to the early episodes. But I really want you to kind of unpack a little bit for our listeners this, what was the shift? What, what were some of the main things that you did, you know, once you had that second, you know, kind of grant writing job and you quit that and you said, I'm all in now. I, I'm, I'm burning the boats. You know, we're on the, we're on land where there's no turning back. So what were some things that you did that were really profitable that, that really not necessarily from a financial standpoint, but really grew your business quickly. And you thought, okay. mm-hmm. Hey, these are, these are things. If I'd have done this six months ago, I'd have been much further ahead. So that you think it would help yeah. our listeners. Yeah, so I would definitely say two things for sure. One is having a business coach slash mentor to really help you strategically just think about ways you can do things differently um, and to really kind of challenge your viewpoints on things of thinking, well, just because it was done traditionally this way, why does it, why do you have to do it that way? Why can't you do it bigger and better? Um, Now your coach was asking these questions to you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and just every time and I've worked with a coach or, you know, someone that is a little bit ahead of me, they are consistently challenging even just my own insecurities about running a business, whether that's, you know, I've only been doing this for a couple months, like 
can I really charge this much money? Or, you know, like, who am I to create this program? Like, there's all these, I think, fears and anxieties and insecurities that right. do come up. And so a coach is kind of, or, you know, whoever, someone that can kind of help lead you, they can help you, like, look at those things for what they are and say, like, no, you do have experience. Like, you've been doing this for, like, nine years. And, you know, like, right. why can't you create this program? Um, it's going to help people. And so I think that has definitely been instrumental, mm-hmm. for sure, in making that switch. And then I think the... So I guess maybe three things. The coach, my own decision in my head of saying, I've decided I'm going to do this. Um, And I think that is key to actually almost kind of make that decision and make that declaration Mm -hmm. of speaking it and saying it out loud and then having people hold you accountable. Um, And then definitely the third thing was what? It was in my head. Oh, um, letting go of that safety net. Um, Letting go of that last grant writing job was for me, I didn't really want to do it. I mean, it was a good retainer. It was like $2,000 a month. It was pretty easy, but it was taking up space Mm -hmm. that I knew that once it was gone, bigger and better things would fill that space. Um, And that if, while it was still there, I couldn't do the things I wanted to do as fully. So that was definitely a scary thing Mm -hmm. to kind of say, I'm basically like getting rid of this free money. But it was something that was really necessary. And I always think that I like to look back and say, oh, well, if I had just, you know, in April gone full in, quit everything, had a coach, dedicated myself to my business, like maybe I could have been where I am now way sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't necessarily regret going through the process. Sure, yeah. You know, and like, because I think a lot of times there is this – Thing where people say, oh, well, like you have a passion and you have a drive for it. Like you should just quit your job tomorrow and yeah. <laughs> go all in. And I think that can work fine for some people. But at the same time, for me personally, I was like, I still needed to pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know, and like help support the family income. So I couldn't really just quit. Right. <laughs> like that wasn't, you know, a realistic time frame. And I think it's important for people too to not necessarily look almost at those like shiny objects or people quitting and jumping into the next big thing because they don't know their personal situation and they can't compare, there's a quote that says like, you should never compare your beginning to someone else's middle mm-hmm. or you know, someone else's end. That's and good advice. I think there's a lot of kind of that in this whole like starting your business and being an entrepreneur is everybody wants to be like here all the time, like really quickly, but it takes time. Right, right. And, and I think kind of as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, how many times have you read, um, you know, uh, somebody is starting out on Facebook and said, you know, hey, just go all in, just follow your dream, chase your dreams. Well, you know, if you're if you're fresh out of college with no college debt and you don't have you have so little expenses that that's one thing. But if you have a family, right. if you if you have a mortgage, right. I mean, everyone has a different situation that they're in, you know, yeah. and they're trying to you're trying to leverage against that. But um, I mean, I, I love those three. I mean, but tell me on number one. So how did you go about finding your coach? Um, so because there's a lot in, of charlatans out there. Yes. So Richmond, I think is pretty unique in terms of just the creative entrepreneur culture um, mm-hmm. that we have. And so there's actually a program through the greater Richmond chamber called thrive and it provides free small business mentoring to people with small businesses in Richmond. Um, so they have a network of mentors, people have started, who have started successful businesses mm-hmm. and who are available to kind of mentor and coach and help other people. Um, along the way. So my very first mentor was from there because I had actually I cleaned out her closet and she was like, 
I can help you. <laughs> like, I can help you make this business, like get it off the ground and going. And so she was my very first mentor and I worked with her for about a year. And the great thing about that program is it is free mm -hmm. to the people getting mentored. Um, the mentors do get a small stipend um, to compensate them for their time. But it's just really awesome advice. And so my second coach, the one that really kind of helped me figure out the packages, she, so I knew her personally. Um, I knew she was a mentor in Thrive. Um, and she had her own coaching business as well. Um, but so she, it just kind of happened to where we run, ran in the same circles and, you know, she was just on maternity leave. I think she was bored and I had a problem. And so she was like, I can help you. Just good time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do yeah. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think it can be hard to find good coaches that know what they're talking about, um, for sure. And so I've kind of been fortunate where I have the coaches I've worked with have either been my friends or they've come highly recommended from sure. other people. Or, you know, I haven't, um, re well, I have done some online programs from other kind of coach people that are known in the coaching world right. um right. But, but there's not, a track record there i mean it's it's not right. some unknown person on facebook Correct. that just says you know for three hundred dollars you can i can change your life so yes you know. and yes and i think there i think if i think there are a lot of there's at least people starting to do more of that um that don't necessarily have experience but they're saying they're a coach um so again like even going back to me getting the fashion credentials I think it is important for if you are going to do a coach or a mentor that they have some sort of credentials right. or they at least yeah. have experience, sure. right? Sure. They at least need sure. to be, have done what you want to do and be yeah. a little bit further along than you. I like a 22 year old life coach. I mean, that seems, sounds like a contradiction in terms <laughs> for some reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I certainly agree with that. So, well, yeah. tell me what are one or two things that, that have been kind of big rocks or obstacles or hurdles that, that you would say, you know, you're still kind of encountering that, that maybe our listeners could speak into, you know, to, to help you, you know, raise that, like all boats rise in a rising tide. So that's kind of the whole idea of, of the podcast is, is, you know, what yeah. can we all do collectively to, to help each other out? So give yeah. me one or two things that. that you think would be, uh, that they could maybe speak into offer feedback as well. Oh, okay. Here it is. I was scrolling down to where these, my notes were. Um, so I think um, one of the things I had written down was thinking bigger than myself. What do I? What did I mean when I typed that? Um, not doing it all alone. I think this goes back to the coaching thing because um, a lot of times when you are in your own business, you just mm -hmm. get very entrenched in doing the business and right. not thinking about how do you work on the business? Yeah, it's working um, in the business, not on it, yeah. Right, and it doesn't even have to be a coach. I mean, there's a term now, it's called like biz besties, where you have basically just like a friend of yours and like you both own a business and you can bounce ideas off of one another. So I have another, you know, I have a friend that basically is my biz bestie and like okay. we talk about things all the time and, you know, just having, I think, that community though of people um, mm -hmm. is really important because it, when you do run a business, sometimes you are by yourself and, I think people run businesses because they like to be by themselves and they're good at being by themselves. But then you do miss being able to grow and have the feedback from other people, which is probably usually always going to make you grow quicker or faster or, you know, get further along than you would by yourself. Right. Right. Um, and so I wrote that 
why did I write that as a pain point? Probably because, I mean, I still very much, even though I have kind of coaches, um, I think sometimes I resist hiring people when I need to delegate things, you know, like a virtual assistant or someone to help me with social media or, you know, someone to do my bookkeeping. It's like I can do those things, but it might not be the best use of my time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's another thing we run into as business owners is like we just do it all and can't do it all. So you have to just get over wanting to be a cheapskate or, you know, like feeling like you have to be in control of it mm-hmm. and delegate that out. And it is a balance. I mean, there are times you, you can do things today that you probably couldn't do 12 months ago. You know, that, that you, as yeah. your revenue reaches a new level, it's a higher level. I mean, you, you have the freedom to do some things that you couldn't right. do when you first started out. So, but it, it's, I mean, yeah, it's interesting that there's, it's some form of this question, almost every podcast whether it's the time balance, whether it's the delegation mm-hmm. balance, whether it's the, you know, how do you, uh, I mean, there was one lady that asked about or that mentioned loneliness, the loneliness of being a solo startup, you know? Um, yeah. but, and one of our listeners wrote in and talked about how they sometimes leave like WebEx or, or Skype or zoom on and they're, you know, it's like a virtual workspace, you know, so mm-hmm. they're working with their, their biz bestie you know, yeah. as the, as the video's rolling. So, um, it's interesting. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what would be the second obstacle that you, you think you, you yeah. face? I had, so I wrote down customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I necessarily think my customer service is bad, but I think things can always improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we forget that customer service piece sometimes, or like we forget how we should all, like we always want to improve on the systems in our business or, right. you know, we always want to make things easier for us. And sometimes we forget about making things better and easier for the customer. Um, and so that's something that I'm kind of definitely very focused on this year of whether it's just having client gifts or, you know, referrals for people that refer clients to me, um, having gifts for people that refer clients to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just making kind of the service touch points better, like, you know, just preempting, because sometimes in my business, like, there'll be a couple weeks before a touch point with my client, but me trying to preempt that and just say, hey, I'm working on this, you're going to get it on X date, so that sure. they have an expectation, and I think that's something that you just kind of, I'm sure some people, it's very natural, um, but for other people, it takes a little more, like, systems or things like that um, to really kind of think about that. Because at the end of the day, if you do have the great customer service, you're going to get the good testimonials and you're going to get the good referrals and you're going to get more business um and a lot of times i think we just skimp on that side right. of things sometimes right. i mean in my my day role i'm the i'm a i'm the team leader of, of our product management so mm-hmm. um one thing we talk about a lot is is how to reduce friction yeah in the customer experience i mean how yeah. do you reduce how do you make this a a much smoother entry into our our, you know, environment, mm. I guess. And it's interesting that you would, you would talk them because I mean, I'm kind of getting the same type of vibes that you were, you know, as you were, as you were describing yeah. that as, is similar to the things we try to look at, you know, what's the, you know, how do you really create a good customer experience? You know, because mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I mean, we have a very short window, very small window of time to really make that good first impression. If you don't, it's sure hard to recover from that. Yeah. And then I think the balancing with that is the almost balancing the time and the boundaries and not feeling necessarily like you have to reply like right away, like five minutes after the email you like you can have some boundaries, but 
but then, you know, making sure it's all still just and finding the balance, yeah. right, between yeah. that awesome, high quality customer service and then your own <laughs> sanity boundaries. That's exactly of, right. Yeah. Um, it's three yeah. o'clock in the morning. I should not be answering right. this on my phone. Right. There in bed, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then I always like to think about like whatever that client does for work, hopefully they're not answering like they're you sure. know work emails at three i don't know some people probably do but they may they they may i yeah it's not how my business rolls i've been in bed <laughs> for a couple hours by then that's exactly right <laughs> like five <No>. hours yeah <laughs> well as we're as we're kind of head toward the final section of the interview let's let's take yeah. a little deeper dive and and uh really get inside the head of sydney lester here so <laughs> tell me one person that you would follow online that, that really inspires you that, that we may know yes. or we may not know yeah but. Um, so the person I wrote is Melissa Hartwig. Um, if you're familiar with the whole 30 program, uh -huh. she is the co-creator of that. Um, and so essentially whole 30 for people that may not know is a lifestyle change where you eliminate for 30 days, dairy, grains, beans, alcohol, and sugar. And the idea is to reintroduce foods that really work. All well the things that are fun. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but what I like about her and why I like following her online is just the community that she's created mm -hmm. and she's someone I think that always has really great customer service um, but she's also very real and honest about what her boundaries are and like she doesn't apologize if she's not on social media you know and she keeps her very like intimate private life private um, and is just honest about those boundaries and yeah. for the most you know most part people respect that and they like it and she has just grown a very strong community and everything she creates in terms of her services and her books are a direct byproduct of what people are essentially telling her they need or mm -hmm. how what support they could use. And so she's only just cementing, you know, that relationship with her customers right. every time she creates something. And then she she's really fun to follow. She has a quirky sense of humor. Um, and she has a lot of good workout tips. I always try them and then doesn't doesn't work as well as her, but <laughs> Well, that's interesting. That, that will be that will be in the show notes, and and uh, I'll also list the the website that you reference there. So, what's a what's a life quote that you'd like to live by? That I'm sure is probably taped up somewhere by your laptop, yeah. you know, on the wall. Yes. Yeah, so this is on my laptop screensaver, um, and it's in my like daily notes. So anytime mm -hmm. I look at my to do list, it's there. But it's um, by Thoreau, and it's go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you have always imagined. Wow. I just really like that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, you know, you do, and even when I started out, I would have never, literally, in a hundred years, imagined me working full time in my personal styling business when it was a hobby. It's quite a leap. Yeah. It's quite a leap. I, as you were talking about the blog, I'm thinking 2009. Man, you were on the cutting edge of blogs in 2009. I was, but I didn't monetize it mm -hmm. like you see the other bloggers do. Um, mostly because when I found my niche in my stride, I was shopping a lot of secondhand and thrift stores. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how I, what I focus on my blog. And then you couldn't really monetize your thrift store finds because there was only one of them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely was at the beginning of all the blogs, um, but that's, yeah. that, that's a, that is a, that's a, um, I mean, that's a testimony just to your, your continued, I mean, just sticking with just your perseverance. I mean, that's, yeah. that is, that's light years in internet time. I mean, from 2009 to 2018, that's a, that's a long time. It's that's, a, that that's is a long time. MacBooks. 
you know, uh, I think, yeah, <laughs> five I think iPads. Also recognizing like pivoting and like changing course and, you know, like not necessarily like I didn't, when I first started my blog, I was talking about, I was reviewing fashion runway shows and talking about mm-hmm. models and, you know, like it was just very different and over the, over time it just shifted as it needed to shift. Like I, you know, never, never really got stuck in one thing, um, but just kind of really used the and shifted it as I grew and, you know, as right. the internet grew and all of those things. Um, that was probably a survive. I mean, yeah. you, you had to do that. Yeah. To I mean, you have to. Yeah. 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 It didn't, it doesn't, it didn't feel necessarily like survival, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, but more responding uh, to the market natural. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, is there anything that, uh, that we haven't touched on that, that you wanted to just make sure our listeners knew about chic stripes and about Sydney Lester and, I just want to make sure that we give you ample time to to share what yeah. you wanted to share. And well, yeah, I mean, I know. So I know I talked about hiring or getting mentors or coaches a lot, mm-hmm. but I would also say hire an accountant. Don't do I QuickBooks think, on your own necessarily. No, or... yeah, yeah. I've been kind of Excel spreadsheeting it, and that's not going to cut it anymore. <laughs> so uh, I think it just at the end of the day, it saves you a lot of time and heartache mm-hmm. and money to just invest in that professional. And for whatever reason, I think business owners put that off. They're like, I can do it. I can do it. And like, that's great if you can. And like, I figured out the numbers too, but I'm like, that's just not the best use of my time. <laughs> right. Plus, I mean, they so, probably know things yeah. that we don't, you know, they know, right. yes. they know how, you know, what are, what's deductible, what, what's the best use of, you know, make sure you pay taxes on a quarterly basis. I mean, all the things that we just wouldn't necessarily know, you know, without, right. without their expertise. So, so tell us where can, yeah. where can people find you online? Where's the best place to find you or get in touch with you if they want to want to uh, touch base with you more one-on-one? Yep. Um, I'm at chicstripes.com okay. and at chicstripes on pretty much all social media. I love Twitter um, and I'm on Instagram stories a lot, mm-hmm. but they're really fun. Um, Facebook, I think you can search chicstripes. I think it's actually Sydney Lester personal stylist for okay. some reason. Um, but yeah, if you search chicstripes, it'll come up. So Pinterest? And yeah. Oh yeah, I have Pinterest too, but I don't really use it. Yeah, and this this almost like screams Instagram Pinterest or some you know for for somebody yeah, like me I, that doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. I mean, I know I just Pinterest just annoys me. <laughs> I, I should I, be using it. I should be using it to drive traffic to my website. I know. I that was a, a question. That was not a chastisement. Um, <laughs> I just I don't have time. Like maybe I need to hire somebody to get a virtual assistant to help me whip my Pinterest into shape. Um, Listen to episode eight. I, okay. had, I just had a Pinterest strategist on episode uh-huh. eight. So yeah, you guys maybe maybe need to the have some simpatico here. This, yeah, get you guys mm-hmm. together. You can be, be mutually beneficial yeah. to each other. So No, I think Pinterest is really powerful. I just, I don't know. I never necessarily monetize. I never monetize the social media platforms because I never really was like a blogger per se. I always yeah. had services that people bought. Right. So for better or for worse, I just didn't go down those paths. And now I'm like, I don't have time to do it. So yeah. I'll listen to episode eight. <laughs> well, Sydney, it's, it's been a pleasure day. talking to you tonight. Thank you so much for uh, just taking the time and just sharing your, your life Thank story, you. your backstory with, uh, with our listeners. And guys, it's your turn now to uh, speak into the couple of obstacles that Sydney mentioned tonight and uh, just share this broadly. And, and um, Sydney, thank you again for being with us and just helping us all to, uh, as we like to say on this, all boats rise in a rising tide. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you.